Hi, it's Charlie here. Welcome to episode one of the Your Time to Grow podcast. Today, I want to talk about fear, the psychology of it and how to overcome it. But first, let me ask you a question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? A question I'd like you to consider and that we will come back to later on. Getting through fear is a skill that anyone can learn. The problem is that most people cling to their fears because it's part of who they are. And if you're not ready to face your fears, you're probably not going to transcend them and there's nothing wrong with that. Everything happens in its own time. Let's start with the psychology of fear. No doubt you'll have heard of the fight, flight or freeze response when we're faced with fear. Fear is a survival tactic and in the early days of our existence, we used to use it to keep us safe from dangers in our immediate environment. Imagine a bear coming to the entrance of your cave. Do you fight it, run or hide? It will depend on a number of things, many of which happen automatically, that are out of your control, like the release of adrenaline and cortisol into your bloodstream and the messages sent to your brain. This is because when we're faced with a bear in the entrance of the cave, we need to act quickly not to be weighing up the pros and cons. Nowadays though our fears come from our emotions, at least most of the time, but our brain doesn't always know the difference and thus triggers our fight, flight or freeze response. And of course there are times when fear is a good thing, like when you're in a dangerous situation, but when it stems from worrying or a stressful situation then the key is to manage your fear so that you don't freeze from acting on your own behalf and for your own well-being. Our emotions are often related directly to the beliefs that we hold and we match patterns based on these, learning from birth all the way through our lives. We learn some things instinctively and others through our experiences, for example, that shadows aren't that scary. Frustratingly, our emotional brain moves more quickly than our rational brain and sometimes some emotional reactions and consequently emotional memories can be formed without any conscious participation from the thinking brain at all. And since the emotional brain thinks only when in survival mode, i.e. fight or flight, do it or don't do it, then in order to get back to our thinking and more rational brain, we must calm the emotional brain and examine the patterns we're making and or observing. If we change the pattern, so for example, if we believe that if we lose one job it will happen again, so if we change that pattern, then we change our emotional response and we finally change our thoughts, i.e. our mindset. One simple way to do this is to notice that you're okay, that you're not in any danger, that there is no crisis, that you may not be perfect, but you're doing okay. If you do this frequently at first, noticing in that instant, in that moment, say it in your head or out loud to someone else, I'm okay. When your emotional brain is running the show, you will need to do whatever you need to do to get it back to your rational brain. But when you're able to remind yourself then that you're doing okay. One thing you can do is the 5-4-3-2-1 exercise. So look for five things you can see. Listen out for four things you can hear. Look and feel and for three things that you can feel in your body. Two things that you can taste or smell. And then one thing that you can say. It might be a word like calm. It might be a phrase like I'm okay. Eventually, you will change your pattern making, therefore calming your emotional brain and getting your thoughts back under control. 
I like to give real examples, so let's take a common fear, one of failure. Imagine you're in a role which helps people. The more people you can help, the more success you have. But the paradox is that in order to help many, you have to start with one and create something that helps one person right now. But that's big thinking, and big thinking can be paralysing. Conversely, small ideas nudge you into action. So have a goal. Sure, have a big goal, but start where you are with what you have. Apply your ideas, test them, and help one person today. It's not going to be perfect, and it doesn't have to be. Sometimes one imperfect sentence can change someone's day. I'd like to share with you some things that I've learned around overcoming your fear. So the first is awareness. Before you can begin overcoming fear, you have to be aware that your fears are causing havoc in your life. It's easy to get so attached to your thoughts and feelings, who you think they are, why they exist, and that couldn't be further from the truth. You are not your fears. I'm going to say that again. You are not your fears. You are the awareness that experiences them. So identify them. Get specific about what exactly you're afraid of. Look at the pictures you have in your head about the situation. What's happening in them? What are you really scared of? Become an observer of your inner space. Get curious. And whilst curiosity may have killed the cat, it certainly won't do you any harm when investigating your fears. Get curious about what thoughts generate your fear, where you feel the fear and how you react to it. And again, be an observer of what's going on. The now. What are you lacking right now? When you centre yourself in the now, you realise that everything is how it is. You naturally accept what it is. Tapping into the now can be as simple as feeling your body and your breath. Gratitude. Whenever you feel fear, switch it over to what you're grateful for instead. So, if you're afraid of public speaking, be grateful for the opportunity to communicate with so many people and that they're there to genuinely listen to what you have to say. Journaling. Getting your fears down on paper is important because trying to think them through just doesn't work. You get caught in an endless loop of negativity that only leads you further down the rabbit hole and it can actually make your life quite miserable. Finally, talk. It's no-brainer advice, but how often do we hold the negative in because we're afraid of how others might react or because some of other reason. Talking helps, but it's not about throwing a pity party for yourself. Now then, I want to come back to my original question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? This is the question I love most about what Sheryl Sandberg talks about in her book, Lean In, Women, Work and the Will to Lead. It's bold, to the point and gets you thinking. A brilliant coaching question which bypasses the bits of your brain which says, I can't or I don't know. It was the very question I asked myself and as a result, your time to grow was conceived. Are you holding yourself back? Life is difficult. Doing what you love is sometimes like wading in knee-deep mud. But the difficulty is not the problem. The problem is resisting it, thinking that life should be easy. The mistakes you make, the challenges you face, they're not obstacles to success, but part of it. To figure out what it is you love to do and how you can make a living doing what you love, you have to be willing to stumble and fall. It is only through failing that you will uncover your weak spots. One of the reasons I love my job is I see the potential that so many female leaders have. 
the ambitions that drive them, the fear that holds them back. It's important to recognise that not everyone wants to be a CEO and that for some their ambition is something closer to home, perhaps being at home for the kids. And I am not here to judge you, your life choices. I'm here to encourage you to do something that you want to do, to reach your goals, to help remove the fear that holds you back. From imposter syndrome and trying to do it all, we all have something stopping us progressing. Admitting that something needs to change is the first step and then you can create a plan. Mistakes show you what you need to learn to succeed. So make them, embrace them, enjoy them. No one can live your life for you. There is no ready-made path. You must make your own path by walking and learning. So name your fear. It will seem a million times smaller if you do and then ask yourself, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Then make a plan to do it. Thanks so much for listening today. Remember to leave any comments and I'll pop back and answer them. You can also join my Facebook group for live videos, webinars on wisdom from the rest of the tribe. Head on over and look for your time to grow. Think, grow, be inspired. And if you need help to make a plan, then get in touch over at www.yourtimetogrow.com. Don't forget to join me back here next Tuesday for the next episode. See you soon.